Hey moms, does life feel overwhelming? Does the gap between who you are and who you want to be feel too big to cross? Are you disappointed in who you are as a mother because you know deep down you are better than this? Then you're in the right place. I had grandiose ideas about motherhood, but with sleep deprivation and feeling clueless about discipline, I lost myself. I thought I was a burden and my family, friends, neighbors would all be better off without me. And now I'm here to share my stories with you. You're not alone. You'll laugh, cry, and feel empowered to become who you are meant to be because you, dear mom, are worthy of living. This is a mom's search for meaning, and I'm your host, Erica York. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, welcome back. It's been a hot minute. I have had trouble trying to bring myself to get back on and do this. I have been super depressed for the last several months. Uh, You know, in January and February, I spent pretty much all day in bed, just sobbing and not able to get out of bed. Uh, Just really deep depression that came on suddenly. And I was, I, you know, I did so good in December and I get, no, I guess it was a few months before that even. I had recorded a bunch of content, so I already had a bunch of stuff in the queue that was releasing every other week on its own, so I didn't have to do anything. And then that all ran out in March, (laughs) and I had no more content, and I couldn't bring myself to record anything else. I couldn't bring myself to interview people or write any more content or just do anything. I really took the last month to practice self-care and to love myself and to give myself grace. So I'm back. And as I've said many times before, I'm in this journey with you. I don't have all the answers. I wish I did, but I don't. I'm just someone else that's in the same, that's in the same circumstances or maybe not circumstances, but in the, in the same situations. Um, I can't think of the word. <laughs> in the same mental state that you may be, and I'm struggling too, but I'm here with you. I may be a step ahead or a step behind, but I'm either going to push you up out of the hole or pull you up, depending on where I am and where you are. But we're going to get out of this hole together, so that's good news. (laughs) I may lay down for four months and cry, but eventually I'll get back up. So anyway, I felt it appropriate that the my first episode back should be about this TED Talk that I heard recently, and it just gave me so much value or worth or just grace for myself. So I'm going to share a lot from that TED Talk, and hopefully this can boost you up and help you feel a little bit better about yourself too. All right, so this TED Talk, if you want to search for it, is called How to Do Laundry When You're Depressed, and it's by K.C. Davis, just K.C. That's how it's spelled, the two letters. So she talks about, well, I feel like the whole theme of this TED Talk, which I really appreciated was that care tasks are morally neutral. So you're not a good person and you're not a bad person 
depending upon your ability to do care tasks or keep your home tidy or to take care of yourself and your own hygiene or any of those types of things. Those are all morally neutral. So that's why I named this podcast or titled this Care Tasks Are Morally Neutral. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But if you want to find this, you can just Google or YouTube TED Talk, How to Do Laundry When You're Depressed. And it'll come up with Casey Davis, and she's wearing an orange tank top. She also has a book called How to Keep House While Drowning. I haven't read that yet, but it's on my list. So looking forward to that. And then she has a bunch of TikToks too. You may have seen her. She does, you know, videos of her messy house. And I think she said when she had her second child, she struggled with postpartum depression with her first and then again with her second. So when she had her second child, she came in with like a whole post labor plan of, you know, who was going to bring meals and that she was going to have all this help and all this stuff. And still she felt like she was drowning and she still struggled a lot. And her house was just a constant mess. She says that, you know, like there wasn't even a pathway to be able to walk from room to room. And so she started recording those things on TikTok and then showing like little burst videos of how she cleaned it or how she, you know, systems that she was finding to help her manage it. I just related so much because I have been there. I feel like I go through phases all the time and and maybe it's like ADHD. I feel like everything on TikTok <laughs> makes you feel like you have adult onset ADHD. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, wow, maybe I should get that checked because I do all those things. You know, like I go through phases where my house can be really clean and then phases where it's a total disaster and you just there's not a pathway to walk from room to room. You're stepping on things everywhere you go, and I just don't have the energy to do it. But I have energy to do a bunch of other things, <laughs> you know, where I go through phases where I, I do a whole bunch of stuff in one day, and then I crash, and I just don't do anything for the next few days. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's onset ADHD, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I loved her whole TED Talk. You can go and listen to it, read her book, follow her on TikTok. I really liked her. So one thing she talks about, which is a really hot topic right now, is the mental load, the mental load of the care task. It's not just about doing the laundry or doing the dishes. It's all the mental load that goes into that beforehand, finding the time to do it. Um, and then when you find the time, you you have to have detergent for your clothes or for your dishwasher or whatever. You have to have those things. So then you have to research what kind of detergent am I going to get? Am I going to try a few different kinds and then decide from there? Am I going to research? Like, you know, you have to figure out which detergent you're going to use. And based on the results, if you're going to continue using it or not, you have to then do the act of washing the clothes and then you forget to put them in the dryer. So then you have to rewash and then rewash and then rewash because they're mildewing in the washing machine. And then you have to remember to move them to the dryer. And then you forget to take them out. So then you have to tumble dry it again. Or else you're going to have to iron, get out all the wrinkles. <laughs> you're going to have to fold them, put them away. And then guess what? It's time to do it again. Especially when you have a family of five or more. <laughs> I feel like laundry is a is a daily task. 
So it's not just about doing the task. And people that don't struggle with mental illness seem to look at those circumstances and say, wow, they're so lazy. How could they let their house get to that extent? Like how, how could they have let that happen? They're so lazy. They're so disgusting. And it's not that case at all. They're not lazy. They're depressed and they don't have the energy for the mental load. <laughs> the mental load is, is exhausting. So they just don't do it. Uh, so she says in her in her TED talk that nobody asks about your daily tasks. Like nobody really cares. How many times have you ever been out in public or, you know, you run into a friend or you run into somebody, you know, and they're talking to you and they're like, so how is your kitchen sink? Is it clean? Because, you know, that's, that's a deal breaker for me. <laughs> if I'm going to continue this conversation with you or not, or if we're going to be friends or not, people don't do that. Nobody notices Nobody notices those things or nobody cares to ask about those things because daily tasks are morally neutral. You're not a good person or a bad person, depending on how well you do them. And I feel like social media has totally blown that out of proportion. There's all of these influencers that live in these beautiful homes that they've remodeled or whatever, and it makes you feel like a failure I know I especially do. I feel like a piece of crap every time I look at all these influencers and their beautiful kitchens and my kitchen doesn't have backsplash. I still have whatever that countertop is called. It's not, you know, like the standard stuff from the 80s. <laughs> um, I don't have nice cabinets. I repainted my cabinets so that they're not that oak color, but they're cream. But they're small and they're, they don't have very much depth. And so I still have to have a bunch of crap on my countertops because there's not room. I don't have a pantry. I, I have like cupboards on the far side of my kitchen that I use for a pantry. But I don't have places to put my KitchenAid or to put appliances. So it's just all out on the countertop all the time. So I always feel like, oh, well, I can't record a TikTok or I can't. I don't want to do a video of myself. I can do a podcast because nobody can see what's going on. But if I did a video, then people would actually see my ugly kitchen or they would see my dirty bedroom and the piles of laundry everywhere. And then they would judge me and they would think I'm a bad person. But you know what? Who cares if they do? For one, that's ridiculous because we're all just living our own lives and fighting our own battles. But I think that that's why a lot of people don't post pictures or aren't out there. And so the only thing that we have on social media is the perfection. So we feel like failures on a daily basis because nobody can live up to that standard. Nobody has an immaculate house all the time. And we just can't live up to those expectations. And all these influencers, they live in a life that's fake. It's not real. So anyway, she just talks about how in reality, nobody cares. Nobody asks you know, if you've accomplished a daily task, they just ask about how you're doing. They care about you as a person and not about how well you're achieving the standards of TikTok. Uh, of course, you know, people are going to notice your hygiene or whatever, and you are going to feel better when you have better hygiene. So she says, um, you know, you deserve to feel good about yourself. So get creative on how you can brush your teeth. She gave an example of a lady that had her 
baby die. Um, I don't know if it was stillborn or if she died of SIDS a few months after birth, but it was devastating. And this lady couldn't even get out of bed. She was just so devastated, as you can imagine. I don't know how I, I could not. I don't know how people get through that. And so she found that she was having a really hard time brushing her teeth. And I relate to that. Like, I noticed that my mental health is declining from, like, little subtle ways. One, one thing is I stop washing my face. It's a really easy thing to do, but it's also a really easy thing not to do. And I just don't have the energy. Like, I'll brush my teeth, but I'm not going to wash my face. And then I start to break out and, you know, my skin suffers. But it's usually the tasks that are easy to do that are also the tasks that are easy not to do. And so this woman who just lost her baby, she couldn't even get out of bed and brush her teeth. So she talked to her dental. She finally worked up the courage to talk to her dental hygienist. I think that's a, that's a really important piece is that she had to work up the courage to feel safe enough to talk to her dental hygienist about, okay, I'm struggling with brushing my teeth. How can I, what are some other ways? Because the conventional stand at the bathroom sink, get my toothbrush wet, apply toothbrush, brush my teeth, rinse my toothbrush. That is too hard for me right now. So how can I brush my teeth in a way that's easier? And so she and her dental hygienist came up with a plan and she started getting these toothbrushes that were pre-pasted. So they come in a little bag or, you know, like a wrapper and they're pre-pasted. They're just disposable toothbrushes and it's rinse-free toothpaste too. So you can brush and you can just drink water afterwards and swallow. You can swallow the toothpaste. You don't have to spit it out. So she could just lay under her covers in her bed and brush her teeth and then throw the toothbrush away or put it on her nightstand and throw it away later or whatever. But that way she didn't have to get out of bed. She, she couldn't get out of bed, but she still had clean teeth. And one thing that Casey talks about in this TED Talk is that you deserve, you are worthy of clean teeth. You are worthy of these things. And just because you don't have the energy to do them right now doesn't make you less of a person. So she says, find ways to make daily tasks easier. Um, easier daily tasks equals improved mental health. Your worth is not dependent on a clean home, no laundry in the basket, an empty kitchen sink, etc. These things do not make you a good person or a bad person. So you need to find a way to do the chore in an unconventional way that will work better for you. Just start somewhere. And she says, functionality over fashion. So why? Well, I actually forgot what she said. <laughs> and I tried to rewind it, uh, but I couldn't find it. Anyway, so I said fashion because it has an F. So I thought that it went with it. <laughs> but functionality over fashion, we're going to say for the sake of this podcast. Don't quote Casey on that because that's probably not what she said. But that's what I'm saying. So functionality over fashion, it just has to work. It doesn't have to look good. It doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to meet some standard of society. It just has to work for you. So one way, you know, she posed a question, what am I trying to achieve and how can I achieve it in my way? 
So there's the toothbrush example that I just used. I know someone that said, there's no point in folding this particular item of laundry because nobody sees it. So like your underwear or your socks, uh, nobody sees them. So why are you wasting your time folding it? Just stick it in the drawer. Who cares? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's all the same anyway. Um, so she stopped folding certain clothes that don't matter if they're wrinkly or not. Like your athletic wear, your yoga pants, those things don't matter. Uh, I have another friend who created a family closet. She just had everybody's clothes in her master bedroom closet so that her kids' closets could be used to shove toys in so that every night before bed, it didn't matter. Like they didn't have to have it organized. They just had to shove it all into their closet. And then all their clothes were in the master bedroom closet and they just had a family closet. I don't have that option because my master bedroom closet is probably smaller than my kids' closets. <laughs> so if you live in a home in the 80s, you may have to figure out something else. But that worked for them. I have another friend who, when she had her third baby, they were all super close in age. The first two were 18 months apart. The next two were like barely 12 months apart. Then she had a little gap and then she has two more. And those are like 11 months apart. So anyway, she has kids really close in age. So for the past 10 years of raising children, she's had to find systems that work for her. And I remember coming over to her house and being like, oh, let me help you. You know, like I'll, I'll hang up all this laundry in the kids' closets. I, you know, let me fold the laundry. Let me put this away so that it's not out here. And she was like, no, 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 leave it like this because this is what works for me. And at the time I couldn't comprehend it because I wasn't depressed and I wasn't overwhelmed. I only had my first two little girls and I had time to do things and I wasn't easily overwhelmed, but she was in a whole different situation. And so she it didn't make sense to me, but it made sense to her. And this is what worked for her. She just had baskets for every member of her family. And they lived in a basement apartment at the time. And so there was like a little hallway and then it turned and then there was the staircase that went upstairs to the house where the people lived above. And so she just shoved all the baskets over in that little hallway and she would sort the laundry into everybody's baskets. She didn't fold anything. She didn't hang anything. She didn't do anything else. She just put each member, each family member's clothes into a basket. And then whenever they needed to get dressed, they just went to their basket and found clothes. <laughs> and it worked. It made it easier for her. It was a way that made laundry less overwhelming so that she could still wash the clothes because she never, because she no longer had that belief holding her back that, oh, laundry means Washing the clothes, drying the clothes, ironing the clothes, putting the clothes away, etc., etc. She eliminated all those obstacles and said, look, we deserve to be clean. We deserve to have clean clothes. So we're going to wash the clothes, but then they're just going to go in a basket. Uh, one other thing that I've heard, I don't remember where I heard it. It was a couple years ago, but it was a therapist, I'm pretty sure, that said, you don't have to rinse your dishes before putting them in the dishwasher. If that is what is feeling overwhelming and keeping you from doing the dishes, then don't rinse them off. Just stick them in the dishwasher. And when it's done, look at them. And if you have to run it again, run it again. You may run the dishwasher two or three times, but at least you weren't standing there rinsing the dishes. 
Let the dishwasher do the work. Let the dishwasher take that mental load. You don't have to do that. Just stick them in the dishwasher, run it once or twice, depending on what it needs. And I thought that was so genius. Like I had never thought about that because it's unconventional. I thought you had to rinse the dishes and then put them in the dishwasher and then they would be spotless and then take them out. But you don't have to. There's no rules. There's no rules to care tasks. There's no rules on how you have to keep a home and how you have to clean a home. Just get it functional for you. Get it to where you and your family can live in a clean and functional space because you deserve a clean and functional space. Not because society expects a perfectly immaculate clean space. Just figure out a way that works for you. One thing she talked about one thing that Casey talked about was I think maybe it was that same lady who couldn't get out of bed after losing her baby. She just started keeping Ziploc bags on her nightstand. And so then she would put her dirty dishes in a Ziploc bag and seal it shut. And then when she had the energy to get out of bed and take it to the kitchen sink, she could. But in the meantime, if the dishes sat there for a couple days, they didn't attract bugs. They didn't stink. They didn't, you know, get gross over time. They were just in a Ziploc bag and the rest of her bedroom space was able to remain clean and tidy. One thing that I do is I have a robot vacuum. We have two Cocker Spaniels and they shed a lot, but I love them. I love my doggies. The dog hair is just unbelievable. (laughs) So I have a robot vacuum and it goes every single night. I used to have it set on a timer and then that was stressing me out because it would be seven o'clock and I'd hear the vacuum come on and I'd be like, ah, everybody hurry, clean up all your stuff. And I would like freak out and make everybody hurry and put all the toys away and stack the chairs and it just stressed me out. And so that was one thing that Adam noticed and he said, look, this doesn't have to be on a timer. You can just push start when you're ready for it to start. And so we've just started running it before bed every night. We have basement tenants, and so I've talked to them and asked, like, can you hear the robot vacuum? Is it too loud? And they don't ever hear it. If they did, then I would change my system. But they don't hear it. So 10 o'clock at night, we start the vacuum, and it goes, and it puts it docks itself when it's done. And in the morning, I empty the canister, and I'm amazed. Every single day, my vacuum runs. And that little canister is full every day, full of, like, dust and dog hair. And I'm just so grateful. So grateful that $100 robot vacuum was like the best expense that we made for my mental health because I never because I hate walking around and like filling crumbs on my feet. So having a robot vacuum and sometimes I even run it two or three times a day. If I'm leaving the house and the kids made a mess at breakfast, I just stack the chairs and have the robot vacuum go while I'm at the gym and then I'll probably still have it run again that night. There are things that you can do to make your life easier. And that's what this is all about. It's about taking the mental load off. And she said that it's it's amazing. It's incredible how creative people can get when they start thinking about it this way. When they think of functionality as the main priority. So the last thing she talks about is, this is a quote from her. So I'm going to quote, good enough is perfect. Everything worth doing is worth doing half-assed. Give yourself permission to do a little. Do it with shortcuts. Do it while breaking all of the rules. And replace that inner voice that says, I'm failing 
with one that says, I'm having a hard time right now, and I deserve compassion. I loved that. I'm having a hard time right now, but I deserve compassion. I deserve love. I have worth. I did another episode about that, you know, basing your worth off of what you're bringing to the table. That's been a huge obstacle of mine. If I'm not creating income for my family, then am I worthy? If I'm not, you know, well, my husband's at work and I'm a stay-at-home mom. If I'm not constantly cleaning the house and making sure that the kids have all their homework done and all that, you know, if, if we're not perfect, then I'm worthless because what am I doing? What, what's the purpose of my existence? But you innately have worth. You innately have value. You deserve love. You deserve respect. You deserve friendship. You deserve all of these things. You, you don't have to do anything to deserve those things. You just innately are loved. Now, depending on your religious beliefs, you can go wherever you want. You're innately loved by your Father in Heaven. You're innately loved by the universe. Whatever you want to say. But everybody has worth. Everybody is worthy of human rights, such as living in a clean and functional space. Anyway, it may not be the normal way to do it, but you deserve to be clean or to eat or to wear clean clothes or to have all of these all of these benefits. You are worthy of them. You don't have to earn them. They're just innately yours and you innately have value. I love you. You can do this. If you can't pull yourself out of bed, find one thing that you can do. Find a way to brush your teeth, even if you can't get out of bed. Find a way to create some type of creative system that will help you have a clean and functional space because you are worthy and you deserve it. Thanks for listening to A Mom's Search for Meaning. I hope you feel validated. I hope you feel less alone. And I hope you share this episode on all of your social media platforms. This stigma of tired, depressed moms is real but it doesn't mean it's okay. Let's change that. Find me on Facebook at a mom search for meaning or reach out to a mom search for meaning at gmail.com. If you're interested in sharing your story, stories connect us together and together we can change the mark around this taboo topic. <laughs>